Hey everyone, welcome to the AI and Stuff podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood AI necromancer host, and I'm on with Serge S'more. Did I? Hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> um, wait, so you were just asking me, I think it's an interesting question. You were just asking me if there's any value to what? A, having a, a conversation with video or this, having this podcast with video or without video? It, what I'm saying that we just turn on the Zoom mm-hmm. and we, we actually stop the, the video. So we could only, so we could do it faceless, some sort. So I was wondering if that's really helpful for, for the conversation itself, oh, not you mean, the recording. Oh, you mean from like an emotional standpoint, like me and yeah. you will be more open. Huh, that's, actually that's a good question. It's like um, when you're in a psychologist, you know, like those old school Freudian psychologists, they wouldn't, they wouldn't look at you. They, Cause they were doing coke all the time. oh you're a funny guy okay wait so let's let's introduce you to to myself and to everybody first um before we get into coke and uh psychiatrist (laughs) um so serge you are um a team lead at some kind of company right yep and what what do you do what kind of company are you working at what what do you do in your day-to-day I'm working at uh, Sensi AI, and I'm uh, leading the AI efforts together with my team and a bunch of uh, really awesome and talented people. So our mission is to monitor home care environments and old age uh, homes using only audio analysis. So a bunch of heavy machine learning and deep learning on top of uh, audio basically in order to to find negative and positive interactions see if there is a mismatch between a care a caregiver and, and a patient and help uh, surface uh, issues around the this relationship of old people with their caregivers let's say it like that so it sounds like maybe you're looking for like what abuse kind of to weed out abuse abusive caregivers um, I have an an old grandma with a a caregiver so why would I buy your product Um, first of all I guess that uh, you are servicing the service from some sort of uh, company I guess that's right or you just found the caregiver through personal relations no no there's a there's a company uh, in Israel and they, you know, they, they basically assign you a, ca- a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And do you know how the quality of the care? Well, you know, I can guess, but it's hard to know for sure what goes on. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so oh, that's yeah. exactly the problem that we're trying to solve. Yeah. Like but- surface. We yeah, put up cameras yeah. for we exact for example put up cameras like me and my family mm-hmm. we put up cameras to make sure that there was nothing too funky. I I mean of course you can't you can't know for sure about everything, but we put up some cameras. So so your, yours is like an audio device, right? So why would yep. I why would I want an audio device as opposed to a camera? Or does it go with the cameras? Well, actually, we can. Uh, our system is can 
can extract audio from video based and from cameras also. And eventually we'll, we'll integrate to video based cameras for sure. But we started with audio due to the simplicity of the installation and the better coverage that uh, it gets you. Like uh -huh. most of the issues uh, around home and most of the accidents happen in bathrooms, for instance. And that's not a place that you put a camera in. So right. Due to private issues and things like that. And with cameras, you have lots of blind spots due to the nature of video <laughs> uh, that you have less of an issue uh, with audio. So that's well, the why business. Not? Why not process. put up a camera in the bathroom? Like, why is so everyone so sensitive about, like, I don't know, being naked <laughs> on camera? <laughs> Um, that's a good point <laughs> but i guess that's a good point yeah i don't know look i guess there is like a, a lack of dignity to it if i'm thinking about it like i wouldn't want my grandma to be exposed um but you know when it's me i'm just like hey oh everybody check me yeah, out yeah. nom uh, is in the house <laughs> naked nom is in the house uh, this is literally how my last podcast ended so it's interesting that this is how the new one begins Talking about me yeah. being naked. Um, Smooth segue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So is it's like, basically it's a, what, like a respect thing, a privacy thing. Um, you know, I heard someone, honestly, I heard someone, I was talking to someone a little while ago, has a similar idea, right? Also old people. And he has like a product. Uh, it's an early stage startup, but he has like a, a, a sonar, like a, some kind of radio signals and they they get images from this but they're i guess better than other images because it's sonar and you know at some point you really have to wonder what does it all mean right like yeah <laughs> what is the what is the point of like what what does it mean to be naked like if you're naked on sonar are you are you not naked like you can kind of make out the shape of the body or it's a little bit fuzzy but i don't know it's uh it's pretty interesting. Um, you, you make me wonder about this uh, airport screening because oh. they're using different technologies and you are pretty naked when they're applying some of the stuff there. What I is guess. that those things where you like raise your hands and that thing turns around you and like blows air at you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's exactly that. I don't think I don't think for all the crazy security measures in Israel, I don't think uh, we have that there, right? Like I, sure. I, I always get that in other countries. I never get that in in Israel. In 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 Israel, they always like you know take off my clothes and look up my butthole. But other other than <laughs> Israel, uh, other straight than to that, the point. yeah, straight to the point. They're not going to. It's not like ah uh, naked. Let's get a naked mammogram of you or whatever. I I just made that up perhaps, but um, <laughs> mammograph or <laughs> I don't know what that word might be called. It sounds like it would make some sense. But, uh, memograph yeah. it's memograph. a graph of all your memes oh uh, i'm so glad people don't have to travel to israel these days i mean i miss traveling to israel but i i don't know many people that travel to israel and were not completely like shocked went through the the security checks there and were completely shocked i mean um yeah it's not always as pleasant as you would think it is yeah, yeah. So you guys have a have a team there, and how do you, how are you guys doing this? This is like an you're like an audio deep learning team, an audio AI team. Yep, 
it it uh, deserves its uh, like speciality let's say like that yeah totally Because, so in the past uh, year we're uh, reading lots of articles about what's the state of the art of uh, audio deep learning and we're advising with people who's from the industry I myself come from a more of a computer vision background uh, through a couple of startups that I've been into so the transition to audio has has made me like understand better what audio is and what is what signal processing goes into this what what is and, it do you have like a like a brief answer of what it is yeah yeah I, I think when I started I've never the thing that amazed me the most that's at the first that uh, currently one of the most standard and best practices around deep learning on audio are based on computer vision so how's that <laughs> you, you take a An audio sample which is imagine yourself uh, a vector just like one-dimensional vector and you turn it into matrices that are called mel spectrograms that they show you the intensity of certain frequencies uh, at certain times okay I'm trying to simplify it a bit yeah. then you turn and you use those matrices in the In CNNs like the best uh, deep, deep neural network architecture we know for uh, object detections on images mm-hmm. is used basically as it is in the uh, audio also as well so that was uh, that was I've, I've done some signal processing myself right and why do you think it is that whenever we Like actually, we've been pr- more successful, I think, in computer vision than other fields. Uh, maybe NLP is starting to catch up a little bit. There's some interesting, I think some it's becoming increasingly practical. But I think still computer vision has been the only area in deep learning that we've actually been very successful um, mm-hmm. and or the most successful. And then you see all these fields of signal processing. I also worked in signal processing a bit, and you see that, The trend is always to turn it into computer vision right like there yeah <laughs> why is that like why are why is computer vision so much easier for us to to handle on a like a, a technical a technical uh, you know like an AI, an AI basis like why are we yeah. better with computer vision I think it's it goes down to there are a couple of reasons that's an awesome question I was pondering about that a lot and I have I have a hunch. First of all, like uh, the internet and all the new ways that we communicate, it uh, proliferates uh, cat images. <laughs> you see cats everywhere? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But uh, we are as a species, we are firstly visual. Like we um, use our senses as a way to diagnose cats certain situations flight or fight response all of that and and we have years upon years of evolution that helped us uh, to visualize the world okay so I think that first of all we as a species do you are... think this divides into gender at all like is this you say humans are very visual but do you think this divides into gender because I don't know why <laughs> when you say this but the first thing that pops into my head is like <laughs> uh, you know I don't know um, 
sometimes they compare men and women right like in yeah yeah anyway you you understand what i'm saying like in sexual terms they're like oh men are more visual and women just like touch and all these other smell they like flowers and they like chocolate taste and whatever blah 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 so there's think, a stigma that uh, yeah women do see more more colors for instance <laughs> but i've Actually, never heard of it's not of a stigma the... i'm pretty sure men are more it's more common to have uh, color blindness in men right like i think yeah, from yeah, a genetic that's right. standpoint and and that's i heard right. also that our our colors are less um but yeah i don't know if that's uh actually i don't know how true it is i i heard this many many years ago that our we see colors less um pronounced than women or we were worse at differentiating between colors than women yeah, there's some like hunch that it's true, but until I've seen the numbers of that uh, research, I'm kind of skeptical. I just uh, believe I everything. I'm not the skeptical kind. I just believe it's like anything you want to tell me, I just believe it because you know my life's too short to like be googling shit. So it's it's just yeah yeah. It's just like it's either I, I'm skeptical, I'm a skeptical person, and everything I'm skeptical of, or just ghosts. Yeah, sure, why not? It's like. <laughs> any anything just why not just uh, yeah why not i don't i don't care it, it's true until it's uh, disproven there you go there you go that that's more or less my motto it's like i'll just take in anything as long as it doesn't like you know especially if i can benefit it from it in some way and if i can't benefit from it and it doesn't hurt anyone or yeah well, well why not i'll just but then it gets confusing when you start to take in like conflicting uh conflicting sides but anyway so we let's get back to it uh, you were saying <laughs> us as humans are visual right like we're a visual species and maybe even us as men are a visual gender right yeah, um, about that i'm not really sure oh, yet. i'm the skeptical one <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so okay but okay let's take into account we're a visual species so how does this connect how does this tie into it like Okay, so if we are visual, then uh, what is the, we can check what is the type of media that's uh, mostly, um, I want to say seen, but not, that's not the right word. It mostly is at, uh, I don't know, in the interwebs, okay? What is more common, like uh, audio files or pictures? And we can look oh, at the... Of course, pictures. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're less uh, also, they need less bandwidth. Because if you want to hear a good, like, good song, let's say you don't have any compression on, and I, so I'm going to be a bit technical here, but if you have a sample rate of 44.1K... Oh, here we go. Sample 44.1K. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on. <laughs> Everyone stop listening. <laughs> Sorry for I, I driving saw, away the folks. I just saw us lose uh, 90% of our listeners yeah. in real time. Sorry, I'm go really on. short. <laughs> yeah. So no, no. one second uh, is has 44k, about 44k of uh, points, and each point has uh, like 16 bit um, to represent it. So you can get from one second of good quality audio, you can get like to couple of megabytes. Mm -hmm. I didn't do the math in my head, but it's uh, like approximation. Uh, 
and versus one picture with some resolution that will be like 200 by 200, which will weigh much less. So, but, so why is that? Because also audio. So the is... picture weighs less than the than the audio file. Like when you turn into a picture. Yeah. So you must and be losing information here, right? For sure, because that's not also the right comparison. We should compare uh, audio with video and not an image. That's what's also uh, kind of confusing because audio is temporal and it's time dependent as a mm. signal. So you have signal over time versus a picture, which is stale and it's only represents a single point. Wait, so, so what, what are we losing when we when we go from to image, right? Before video, because you're turning these things to images. So mm -hmm. what are what are you actually losing? Like you're you're saying you're losing the temporal side, right? What does that translate so to? It, you you don't have to lose it. And where there are different ways to also to use the temporal uh, aspect of audio in deep learning, you can use various uh, other methods. Uh, but even if you, you're not doing that, you're only looking at some point of time, let's say a second, you, you lose the context. It's like looking at, a, at an image of, a, of something without knowing what happened before or after. So you might hear some sounds, you might hear some speech. And if you're looking for, let's say you're trying to do um, audio event detection. So it's trying to decipher whether uh, that frame of sound is speech or a shout or uh, some environmental sound like a door shot or something like that. It might suffice that one second. But if you want to try and to decipher something more complex, such a relationship, such as uh, maybe sentiment and things like that, that depends on the rhythm of speech and the more uh, contextual frame, then you lose that. You can't do like a one-shot convolutional network, neural network, right? Like, is that what you're saying? You can't just look at it as it's a picture and, and feed it all in at once without regarding time at all, or else you well, lose... You, you can, and you, you, it will get you this far, but uh, if you want to decipher things that are dependent on time, then you you need to overcompensate that somehow. You know, it kind of reminds me of like basically computer vision. You have you have computer you have like you know all the image related tasks, right? Like object mm -hmm. detection, segmentation. But then you have um, then you have things like action recognition, which are exactly. way way harder. These are actually these are hugely complex problems in computer vision and they're expensive as, as well so um can we but we can of course do this better in uh in audio actually now that i think about it right like you it's much easier to tell if someone is is a you know like what kind of thing someone is talking about right like what their what their tone is and and figure out all these kind of features um then I think, uh, you know, figuring out if someone is uh, taking something off a shelf or putting it back on a shelf or just checking it, right, or, or stealing it, um, that, that's a hugely complex task. I don't, I don't think anyone does it well, honestly. 
Yeah, well, there are some Amazon shops that are trying to do exactly that. So I don't right. know what's their accuracy rate. <laughs> and I guess that it's what you're really. asking, it's hard to, to try to measure the, the ratio of complexity between um, action recognition in video and uh, audio. It's like uh, a bit of uh, oranges and apples at some sort, because the ranges of the values are different and and uh, there's lots of variables there because sounds can be very complex you can have lots of things happen at once you can have different qualities and same goes with images so it's really task dependent i would say uh, both of those things are quite hard <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say it seems that we're we're doing better in audio right we can I mean, I'm just judging from like the technology around me. Um, you know, it, it can, these things seem to understand speech. They seem to understand, I mean, there's obviously there's a natural language side of it, but am I wrong in that? Like, it, that's what it, it seems to me that we're, we're pretty good in telling what a person is saying, what their sentiment is. Yes, let's uh, put sentiment aside a bit because that's, really hard to even uh, define <laughs> but yeah, but <laughs> that's speech, true yeah. now that i think about it how do you even label sentiment right like it's yeah it's terribly <laughs> subjective i mean yeah yeah so that's why like, let's like put it aside at the moment but definitely speech recognition had a boost in in uh, post uh, alex net uh, era let's say 2012 after the the huge boost we got from... Uh, when did you get into deep learning, by the way? Well, that's that's a great question. I think I kind of was into it from the from my academic years, like from 2010 till 2015. But one of my biggest disappointments was not uh, that my university and my colleagues didn't we didn't have enough uh, evidence that deep learning actually works i remember <laughs> this one course that i had and i studied bioinformatics by the way mm. so i was really into pattern matching and i want to solve huge biological problems like finding new drugs and things like that using machine learning deep learning i didn't know those terms back then but i was uh, i was confident that those were the the subjects uh, on the curriculum but i was disappointed that it wasn't i had this one course on uh, that we talked about uh, neural networks and one of the conclusions of the lecture was that at this point of time we don't have any firm formal um, a formal definition, formal theorem of why this thing even works. <laughs> like we have guesses, but not any rigorous physical-like or mathematical theorem. We can only say that we'll find some minimum, some local minimum, but we don't know if it will converge to, to a global minimum. And, and and I got the vibe from the lecture that it's not something that it's worth pursuing at that point of time. And maybe it wasn't. 
it, because the the actual lecture was a 2010 or 11, just a year before AlexNet. So I was just in the intersection before things really blew up. And uh, so that was kind of bummer. But even though I had uh, lectures in, in uh, uh, you say that, systems biology, for instance, that took uh, graph theory really, really to the heart and tried to apply it to, to compounds and to biological issues. So we, I had all of these things in my head and I wanted really to, to do something with it, but eventually saw that everything around me were kind of obsessed with genomics and trying to find patterns in, in the DNA and the nucleotides. Because oh yeah, that was time, hot. That was hot back then. Yeah. I remember that. That was in like sequencing, 2010. Exactly. What we're going to do with sequence, we have not, lots of data around sequencing this huge like strings of DNA. So let's uh, do pattern matching. Okay, let's find some areas of interest and find similar nucleotides to, to diagnose cancer and things like that. And I didn't find that interesting technologically wise. Like pattern matching, really? I don't want to do pattern matching. <laughs> Give me something more like more fun than searching databases and things like that. So I was kind of disappointed and then went on um, building stuff, you know, like a software programmer. So I did that for a couple of years and I had like this urge of knowing how to engineer well, how to build stuff that are maintainable, working in a team. It was really fun. And then four years ago, we had at Safe Decay an amazing company, amazing talented people that I work with. And we had a problem of trying to uh, classify images that we got from uh, cell phone uh, commercials. And we wanted to, to, to classify them if they're safe or not for children, for instance. So you have this app and some kid plays with it and then he gets commercial of like nudes, things like that. So we wanted to help diagnose the situations. And that was the first time that I saw like in production. Uh, so like a hot dog, no hot dog type app. Yeah, but we solved it way like <laughs> way harder and way more interesting with really cool architecture and really cool solution you did that it with deep that. learning yep yeah and how long I, ago was that what year was that that was four years ago i think four okay five four years, years ago. ago is fair five years ago is yeah. stretching it like i think most people were, were still doing classical computer vision five years ago and then four years ago everyone started to shift over yeah, it blew my mind. I, I was searching for a solution that uh, would be like much more simpler and I look things online. And then uh, we hired an advisor to do that. And I met him, uh, Asif Ziv, really accomplished guy. He, he helped me through a lot of uh, like crossroads I had in my life and he kind of mentors me also. So he showed he? me Can the you... ropes. This is Asif Ziv. What is his? Uh, is he a, like a professor, like a, an AI professor? Or what, what is he? He he 
has done his master's in the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. I did my master's in Bar-Ilan and he just knew right from the start that deep learning is the way. So he caught on the wave, like I guess around 2012, 13. So he had more experience and knowledge about these issues and he already implemented deep learning in some other companies. So he brought on this knowledge to our team and, and that was the first time that I saw this magic happen <laughs> next to um, me. That was a good time. The, yeah, yeah. That was a good time getting the, to it, right? What, what do you that think? That was really if, awesome. If someone, actually me and you, we got into deep learning, I think, uh, right at the beginning when everyone was getting into it. But do you think it's harder to get into it now, today, or is it easier? Um, but if I'm just like a kid out of school or something, and and I have to now pick up all this shit from scratch. I mean, yeah, <laughs> because it, it's, you know, when me and you started, right, I think th there wasn't even a ResNet, right? Like, we didn't even know what residual, there weren't even residual networks. Nope. Like, we were, so so we we really grew along with, you know, I think I remember Google Linux coming out, and I remember, like, all these, like, inception networks, like, all these new kind of networks. And then, of, of course, I think residual networks, which kind of, like, was one you had a couple milestones that that we mm -hmm. that we kind of grew with right like fp fpn networks feature pyramid networks those that that kind of thing that was when things were there were still like game changing algorithms coming out and now it's just bullshit it's like it paper yeah. after paper of like um i mean it's not all bullshit right like sometimes they're they're doing things that are useful but it's the in the end it all starts to look the same i don't know how to say it. you just look at read papers and papers and it just they all start to just look the same and you see almost nothing new nothing new in at its core right like no new ideas um well it's easier to chase after the the sota you know it's easier to chase to pub to publicize something about this this step towards being a bit better than the rest in something uh, which sometimes even we can like um, bear the fruits of it because I can take some some paper and use it in my work and so it, sometimes chasing after the better numbers is fruitful but we as a as an industry and I'm I, I don't think that I'm only alone in this in this line of thought but we as an industry might even be more productive if we chase after different implementations and not just helping iterating on something that's it's already known and moving from 96 to 97 accuracy accuracy is uh, uh -huh. is, is not will not get you to AGI <laughs> no but no. I'm, I'm I'm humble here so there are lots of researchers working on this, but, and also uh, you asked the question, what, uh, is it hard or easier now, right? Right. So I think that it's a bit of both. It's easier to learn the stuff because I don't know about, about you, but when I need to learn something, I use like five, six different resources because you need different angles to find the angle that you learn best from. 
it might be ah uh, that's true so you're saying now there's like youtube and there's like medium block mm-hmm. like if you want to learn what a resnet is today it's like super easy because you can find it on youtube you can find it on medium you can find it on exactly you can you can find it anywhere right um, and everyone teaches it a bit different like from his point of view and some point of views you can't really interact with because they're so different from yours you need the right. one point of view that's a bit similar to yours so from that point of view it's kind of easier but as to maybe finding a job in the industry right now it might be harder because there's more competition more people more researchers and there's I, I don't think there's enough I think there's less and less like the, the, the demand is way higher than the than the supply I mean that's just a, that's just an equation that's getting worse and worse I don't buy it. Like everyone says that on LinkedIn, like there's more and more, there's too much supply. And uh, the truth is there's no, there's no supply. And there's just, <laughs> everyone wants to build an AI company. Everyone wants to build an AI company. Like I think in Israel alone, what they say, there's like something ridiculous, like 10,000 AI startups or something, like, <laughs> something ridiculous. There's more people, there's more AI startups in Israel than people that know how to do AI. And I mean, Israel is obviously quite eccentric in, in that sense. I, I think in, in definitely in the U.S. and China, you see the same things, the same trend mm-hmm. where you have crazy, crazy amount of AI. But AI I'll startups. ask you that. Are they looking for junior AI engineers or someone who's mid-senior? Because ah, those are... There you go. Okay, yeah, that's so, the crucial point. This is actually very interesting. I think different economies are incentivized differently. So, um, for example, Israel is very anti there's no incentive to hire a junior person in israel because um because you hire someone who's junior and then they're i guess um they leave after a year right like there's i think really though a year and a half i might be exaggerating a bit a year and a half two years right but you, mm-hmm. you train someone up and then they leave, right? And also everything's very short-sighted in Israel. Like you, you need, you're, I don't think people, they, there's this idea of the exit. So they, they just want to sell, right? They want to build up a company and they want to sell in three or four years. Yeah, um, you optimize around that. <laughs> yeah, so kind you, and, and you take into account that you're going to have to switch your workforce twice over in that time. I, I think that's the Israeli kind of, so there's no incentive to teach anybody. And then the salaries of the senior people just keep going up. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, honestly, when I was still looking for work in this, I was embarrassed to ask for full, for what I knew it was the market price. It was, it's crazy. Um, yeah. And so, but I leveraged that in my own way, right? Like, for me, it was about open source. So I'm like, okay, I, I will, I will even agree to join a startup that can't really afford me and and take on a lower salary if they will let me like do open source and if they will let me, you know, I, I used to look for different benefits. Salary never interested me too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you uh, know, if, to a certain point, after you get your like minimum yeah, cap, yeah. afterwards, uh, you rather have your time for something else, I guess. Yeah, after you have your, you know, your, I guess I'm in Taiwan right now, so they call it like the basic food here is like noodles, right? Like if you can afford these, I, I don't know what it's called. You know those noodles they come in bags. They're it's called pao mian here, so it's like um, it's like these this food that never goes bad. It's like these noodles in bags, and they can just 
they can survive anything. They will survive the apocalypse. <laughs> Them and cockroaches will survive the apocalypse. Like if you're if you're preparing for the apocalypse here, you start storing these noodles that actually they were they were invented in Taiwan. I think they're everywhere in the east and maybe in other mm-hmm. countries as well. They're, um how how was the supply at the 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 worst times of COVID? Did you run out of it or it was still like in the middle? Oh, <laughs> so look, it's pretty interesting. I was in Taiwan briefly when COVID just started, when Israel started like banning countries, right? Like, and I was, I think that was the worst part in Taiwan. They never had COVID here, actually, right? They shut down the country at some point to entry, mm-hmm. um, but they never had COVID. But in the beginning... They were the most, these are the most paranoid people you will ever meet. Like, I, before anyone was taking this seriously, they were wearing masks. They were washing their hands. They stopped on their own going to restaurants and they, and they completely shut, the, shut their borders, right? Like, they were the first country. And uh, maybe they had some inside knowledge. They have, like, a lot of spies in China here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so maybe they had some inside knowledge. Um But um, there's a, another reason that might be. Have you heard about the idea that they have more experience in pandemics like 10 years ago with the SARS and all of that? Oh, that's yeah, that's definitely a thing of East Asia. The, the culture here is different. People don't I don't I don't think it was just the last decade of pandemics. I think it was like I think this is a historic culture of of disease mm-hmm. and pandemics because people here they don't hug they don't kiss they they don't shake hands i mean they will shake your hand because they're like being in business deals but it's not it's not the regular practice of two regular people to go and shake hands um so it's a meaningful act to shake someone's hand it's like yeah let's I, do I, i would say it's like a yeah it's like a real business gesture here i, mm-hmm. I would say um get it known of But, uh, but yeah, so I think, I think there's like, um, I think the culture here was really shaped by, uh, by pandemics in, in history as well. Anyway, this is my guess and I don't know, and this is probably wrong and made up, but I feel like (laughs) they had like in my imagination, this was, first of all, China was always, I think the most For a long time, China was like, I think, the most populous area in the world, right? Um, yep. Chinese, historically, they just, they just have babies. They have tons of babies. And that's why I think 70, 50 years ago, one third of the human population on earth was Han, was Han Chinese, right? This is the <laughs> ethnic group of Chinese is Han. So one third of the population on earth was Han. And it's all condensed in this small territory. And I think people were just... I think that was a thing. Like, I think they're used to having pandemics and, you know, coronavirus experience. Yeah. 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 So, so I think on the one hand, yes, you see East Asia has handled this far better. Like Korea is doing well. Japan's doing well. China's doing well. Taiwan's doing, doing well. Everyone's doing well. And you see people in Israel and like the U S and like West Europe. And they're just, ah, they're just, people are, are choking to death. Like everyone's dying. I don't, everyone's like complaining dying the country's shutting down israel has been on lockdown on and off since this whole thing began for like a year people have been locked down i i don't know yeah. i honestly don't know how how people do it i i couldn't survive that way 
I mean, I would get, I would be on the first plane to Mexico and just, um, if Taiwan, by the way, Taiwan has six community infections now. So if shit gets real here, they shut down. I'm on my way to Tulum, Mexico. Totally. Wait, wait, what do you mean uh, com in community infection? Six community infections is like infections, but the person, uh, didn't arrive from outside of Taiwan, right? Like they, these are infections that happened inside the community. So Oh, right. Someone yeah, local gave it mm -hmm. to someone else local and it happened on this territory. So this is something completely new here. People are freaked out and uh, they're starting to, you know, put in place all kinds of regulations. And especially there's the new mutations. So everyone's freaked out. But yeah, I, I swear, like the Americas are open. I'll just go to the Americas, like South and Middle America. Um, I, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah yeah if i have to i will I'll, i'll just go there i mean i life is too short to be locked down yeah, yeah. i I've, i felt maybe because i'm an immigrant so i already moved to israel once from ukraine so i'm not really stoked about the idea of moving to another country so i'm kind of stuck here with my family how, how long so, ago did you move from ukraine like uh, i was seven It was uh, 1895, so I guess about 26 years ago. Okay, uh, look, I came to... I'm also an immigrant, I guess. I mean, now I'm a multiple immigrant to many, many places. <laughs> But um, yeah, I also came to Israel um, when I was uh, like a teenager. Um, Can you share from where? Yeah, yeah, from Canada. So I'm born in Canada. Uh, and I came around like after my bar mitzvah, I think I, I, I was 13 or 14. Uh, I came to Israel and, um, and you know, Israel was an interesting place in the beginning. I liked it a lot and I, I definitely liked it more than Canada. I still like it more than Canada. Honestly, I don't know, you know, everyone, everyone talks about Canada. Everyone wants to go to Canada, right? Especially mm -hmm. Especially like, you know, <laughs> you see Asians, they love Canada and Russians, they love Canada. And everyone wants to, even in Israel, people just want to go to Canada. I, I personally uh, don't enjoy being in Canada. I think it's maybe a good place to go retire when I'm like 70 or something. I'll, maybe I'll go mm -hmm. retire in Canada, but and probably not because it's cold as fuck in Canada. I don't want to That's for freeze sure. my ass off. I'll probably go to Florida, like all the old no, Jews. No, Miami, Florida, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where all the old Jews go. My, my dad is mm -hmm. over there right now, just just living it up. I'm just, uh, you know, complaining. He knows that what he's no... doing. Yeah, yeah he, he knows what he's doing. He's got a weed startup as well, so he's he's having fun. Whoa, that's Yeah, good. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> my, my family is unconventional, I would say um well, so, kudos to you <laughs> so you you i don't get it right now they tell you israel is going to stay locked down for another year you just stay put like you're, you're going you know right now that the vaccine isn't going to work and the mutations will whatever and and they say okay look there's at least another year maybe more of of this i mean what do you to do tell you the truth Yeah. The only thing that will make me uh, like go away to another country is that I feel that my family is threatened by something. That's like the only reason. 
other things like uh, comfort. <laughs> you don't. No, I'm from. <laughs> you don't. I'm from Ukraine. I don't care about comfort. Yeah, fuck that. Like, <laughs> it won't kill me. <laughs> so that's my bar. If people are trying to kill me or my family, that's like a big no-no. <laughs> I, I'm like the that, opposite. I think. <laughs> if someone's if someone's coming to kill me that's when i that's when i lay down my roots and i'm like all right let's mm, just go let's, let's just this. go go to die yeah let's do this let's go to die <laughs> I, so I'll, I'll, call, I'll call you up if this it will happen in israel look i will probably just do that you know if, no i have to be in israel if i'm in israel and there's like a, an invasion from god knows where i'm like okay fine. zombie a zombie invasion okay yes that's less political let's go with zombie invasions so i'm in israel yeah. there's a zombie apocalypse invasion um yeah i'm like sure let, let's fucking do this just let, give me let, an m16 or whatever the kids are using these days tavor or whatever it is and and let's just uh you know run for the hills just run for the hills i'll probably end let's up build. dying of thirst instead of from zombies but yeah probably um, Let's build an audio-based uh, monitoring system against zombies. Zombie that's apocalypse? what I'm saying. Totally. That's a yeah. good startup idea. What, what do you think? Let's, let's do it. You can leave Sensei. We can start this zombie apocalypse. Maybe this is a good time for it also. Like, I mean, actually, it, it would make, I think it would make perfect sense because this coronavirus just can't, it's just not, It's not serious enough, honestly. It's, it's pretty lame. Everyone's taking it so seriously. This is the right time for a zombie apocalypse. I mean, this is the right time for a zombie apocalypse. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the kids are bored by the, this pandemic shit. Let's, let's up. Let's level up. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's level up. <laughs> let's give people guns. Let's go kill. But, you know, if, it, honestly, I thought about it. I'm in Taiwan right now. And, you know, if there's... The war I don't want to get too political here but if there's like the war from their enemy then maybe I also just I'm like oh fuck that I'll take a gun and go to die as well and then I ask my employees what happens if uh, um, well I ask them what happens if uh, um, China comes to to like take over Taiwan and they're like Uh, one is like, oh, I'm getting on a plane. I'm getting the fuck out of here. The other one is uh, go to die, like get a gun, go to die. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. Um, Did you put it in the contract? Yeah. Like, uh, you yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have to go fight. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it's not it's not super important. Yeah, but... we digress. We digress. <laughs> um, but I think, look. Honestly, what you were talking about before with the with the fact like what we were talking about computer vision, something about computer vision is super important, like super intuition, like there's a lot of intuition there. This goes kind of back to the first topic you brought up, right? The first thing you said to me is what about video, right? Like, mm-hmm. why are we off video? So what do you think? How does the AI, everything we talked about AI and like computer vision and and how intuitive it is for us and how we mostly know how to work with computer vision algorithms. Like, how does that go back? Like, what do you think? Should we be more comfortable? How does this connect to us on an emotional level? Like, should we be more comfortable without it? I think we would be more comfortable with computer vision personally. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm watching you, um, I'm probably more comfortable. I'm not sure. 
Although, you know what? Everyone loves text now, right? So maybe that's not true. People we're like the 90s text. kids. We, oh, yeah. We're okay with the MTV video clips and everything. So imagine it's, it's MTV. <laughs> oh, it's crazy today. Today you, you want to call someone. You're like, hey, you, you want a video chat? No, let's just text. I'm like, what? Come on. I, I want to hear your voice. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> I communicate better in, in voice, I think. Yeah, kind of... I will tell people, let's have a call. Come on, come on. Let's have a goddamn call. <laughs> I don't want it that sure. my thumbs. How do these young people and their thumbs like how do their thumbs do your thumbs ever hurt texting? Yeah, uh, I try not to text as much, really, because I don't necessarily think that's the best way to communicate. You lose so many important cues. and that you have totally totally has anyone ever got mad at you from a text that it was totally sarcastic or it was like did that ever my mom gets mad at me all the time my mom loves i don't text. use I'm, i'm i'm not using sarcasm text that's the first rule like you, you can't <laughs> i don't <laughs> maybe with my best fuck, friends you're right. it's possible you're... but this was this is a eureka moment for me honestly eureka well i i i'm glad we had the stock yeah <laughs> <laughs> now i know not to text my mom god damn you mom. just say thank you mom and yes i'll do that just yeah do that. yeah okay yeah. <laughs> um no no cynicism oh god this is so hard um no texting is like what comes after texting you know so emojis emojis oh shit yeah that's, that's true the next level yep no okay but that's already happened right like so emojis are already a thing young people mm-hmm. are are they have they can have you know there's all kinds of weird emojis there's the there's the sexual emoji which is like um like a purple <laughs> a purple what is it i'm not sure how to say it in english like <laughs> i don't know how to say it in english either actually because it's not there's not people don't eat this vegetable i think <laughs> eggplant eggplant it's an eggplant who, eggplant. Eats, who eats eggplant everyone vegan people yeah vegans <laughs> eat eggplant honestly when i had uh i had family coming in from the u.s and canada and they just came to israel and they're like they're like they're like what is this meat because it's Israelis eat it like it's meat. They they set it up. They put it on a plate. They make it like a main dish, and it's mm-hmm. and it, they make it look like meat somehow. Like it looks like meat. Wait, I have a question for you. Wait, before you yeah, answer that, shoot. you're. I I gotta ask. So you're from Ukraine. Do you consider yourself Israeli? Yes or no? For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what is the? Do you think there's like a cutoff? When do you? When do people because a lot of people in Israel are immigrants, right? Like from different countries, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, you know, I'm conflicted about this myself. I think most people in Israel consider me Israeli, even though, you know, I probably have a little bit of an accent, like not a little bit. I have a, a pretty American accent and, um, and I, I'm probably, you know, like I like to eat steak and chicken wings. Like I'm, I don't like, I don't like <laughs> eggplant like Israelis and, and I don't like cutting up. meat and putting it into vegetables and all that weird shit so what, what do you think what am i am i israeli or am i canadian am i like american or you're definitely israeli and i judge it from <laughs> your attitude it's oh, not yeah. the words it's how you say them totally like you have totally. this 
this directness in you that uh, I think we characterize Israelis by this exactly attitude. Yeah, being an asshole basically is what you're saying. If you're an asshole, you're Israeli. I'm totally yeah, an that's asshole. The, that's the best criteria. Assholes, Israelis. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we, we're also warm people and uh, it's kind of funny to you asked me if I consider myself Israeli. Yeah, I do, but I also consider myself as a kind of Soviet-based SSR type also, because that's part of my identity. Like, part of my culture is Russian culture, and it's Russian that's rock music. That's the thing. I don't understand this about, you know, Ukrainians I meet in Israel, because what if you go to Ukraine right now, nobody considers themselves, like, Russian USSR. It's only in Israel you find these. Like everyone who immigrated, emigrated mm-hmm. from the Soviet Union or or something like that, still has this idea. Um, but if you go to these areas, I think it doesn't exist anymore, right? It it shows you how well they assimilated everything to the USSR like uh, tradition. If everyone thinks they're from Russia, even though they're not at all. <laughs> then they did something like I don't know if it's called the right thing or but they assimilated everything um, perfectly. Yeah, they were. Pretty I good. don't. I'm not saying that it's a good or a bad thing. It, it's a fact. Like everyone thinks that they're Russian, so they did something to to so make me feel like that. What about you? What about you? Is 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 Russian? Is USSR? Whatever. Hmm. My attitude towards uh, I guess not pain exactly but adversary adversity you mean yeah I mean adversity I'm not trying to to run away from it sort of like I like working hard and I'm not afraid of uh, doing something that will take long hours and long uh, like lots of effort and I find that as uh, more of a Russian uh, characteristic. It's of <laughs> course it's it's a bunch of bullshit because it's not really that. Like everyone, it's more dependent on also the family you have and what television shows you should, you've seen and lots of lots of different like parameters. But I do feel that it comes in my head from that source. So not running what about pessimism? Are you pessimistic by any chance? I think that's a real uh, like that, that's yeah. my general feeling. <laughs> it's general, like <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's really true. You go to Eastern Europe, everyone's pessimistic, right? And yeah, I you know, people it's come cold, to man. People don't want to smile. They don't... <laughs> no, really, you should go to, no, you thing. should see you should see Canada. People there smile all the time. They're like really polite and smiley. It's not and... the same smile. <laughs> it's a uh, it's uh, i'll get the fuck away from me smile that's what people don't yeah, understand <laughs> they think canadians exactly. are polite smile. canadians are not polite no i don't believe it canadians are not polite they're, they're just like distant in a polite way they use politeness as their weapon <laughs> to get people away <laughs> from them that's uh that's what i think about uh, canadians how does it go the uh, killing you gently no the words from that song Killing you, these <laughs> <Kill> words. <laughs> totally. Forgot about it. So totally. I, I, I'm not on the opposite. I think I'm optimistic and romantic, and yeah, you don't. You come off that way to me. You come off very romantic Thanks. to me. 
if if I was a girl, I would totally I would totally ask for, you know, some romanticism. Yeah, you, you should hop <laughs> on to my place sometime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> when the when the lockdown is over in Israel, which will be maybe never, what do you think? Is the vaccine gonna work? What is your what what chances of success do you assign this vaccine? That's a hard one. Um, I give it twenty five percent. That's my guess. I mean, I wish that twenty five percent will come true more than anything, but that's my guess. I think at first it, it helps us as a, as a species, as a race, as a Israelis or Canadians of some sort. Mm-hmm. Psychologically, it helps us that there is something to help us. There is some cure. So it's already like releasing some tensions that are that were <laughs> there. What are you talking about? Everything's worse now in Israel. It's like it's like mm, I, I just saw a really be. funny meme. I saw a really funny meme that they were that the Israelis were told that they're gonna get green passports. Instead, they got the airport shut down until further notice. <laughs> it was a funny yeah, meme. You had to yeah, shit's getting but, worse. Shit is getting worse. But maybe I'm talking about the long term and not the short term. The hope. Cause may- yeah, because you need hope and you need uh, the idea of, of a vaccine, maybe even more than a vaccine itself. But mm-hmm. I'm being really poetic right now. Yeah, so no, the vaccine poetic. actually actually <laughs> does help people. And you, go, <laughs> you go vaccinate people. In Israel, uh, by the way, uh, you go, you have some sort of priority by your risk of of dying from this epidemic uh, so all or, people have or your ability to wait in line or your willingness to wait in long lines right well that i have from my genetics from my russian genetics we know how to wait in lines oh yeah is that was that a thing in the ussr like wait in lines for food stamps what were people waiting yeah, in lines for, for bread that's the, that's most of the the, the bread I don't, yeah, the bread thing. I, or, I didn't ever felt it, and I'm not sure that my family had issues with that. But, uh, but, but I'm the sure culture I'm... of lions still survives in you. Okay, yeah. I, I just got to tell you one last thing because it's already late. But people here love lions. I'm in Taiwan right now. They love lions. Paidway. It's called Paidway. And they mm-hmm. love this Paidway. And they, they line up for buses. They line up for elevators. They line up for <laughs> everything you could imagine. They line up for it. It's, it drives me crazy. I, I can't stand it. And I'm Israeli. And I don't like to wait in lines. And I don't like to be polite. And, and you know, and wait in lines. Like, they wait in lines to take pictures. People, if you see three people standing in the same area, they will form a line for just no reason. It's just their natural status here. Um, very, very interesting. Very interesting culture. You can culture. go on trolling them, like start different I, I, lines at different places. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a good one. And, and take lots of pictures. Me yes. trolling Taiwan. If I, actually, I was trolling them for a while because there's like a mayor here and... Mm-hmm. Um, there was a mayor that um, <laughs> there was a mayor that uh, everyone knew he worked for China. Like, and it was really funny. I was just like I had some Chinese money on me, and I'm just like, "Hey, anyone know where I can find this mayor? I really have to change some money." And the people here have no sense of humor, but I, I thought it was funny, so I just did this for like a month. I just walked around mm-hmm. asking people where I can find this mayor. They're all just so confused. 
And yeah, what? yeah, they're like, what? why do you want the mayor? Why are you giving him money? I'm like, well, you know, because he gets paid by the Chinese government, right? And people like kind of get what I'm I'm referring to, but they 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 don't know why it's funny. They don't know why I'm doing it. They don't know why I'm 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 lying down on the floor cracking up from my own jokes. Um, they, they don't know why. Um, this right. white devil tells me about things about my <laughs> that's that's another thing i hate here i'm just white i'm just a white guy i i used to be a jew whenever i used to go anywhere in the world i was a jew in the west world and mm-hmm. now i'm a now i'm just a white i'm just a white i'm just like a what white guy have, what has the better experience oh i definitely rather oh you mean a jew in the that's an interesting question yeah. a jew in the west versus a white guy in the east uh very mm-hmm. very different right so the The, I would say the stereotype of a white guy in the East is um, we talk loud, uh, like not we. <laughs> Again, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grouping myself in with white guys. And, um, but um, white people, the idea here is white people are loud. White people are rude, right? People, white people like to get into fights. Uh, white people... Um, uh want to go around banging asian girls which actually there's probably some truth to that and um uh yeah that's the that's the stereotype here of white people uh, interestingly enough it's much better to be jewish than to be white right like if you're a jew then then you're you're smart and you're intelligent and you're um you know educated uh and you're much more similar to them i think they have this idea um And, but of course, if you're a Jew in the West, then I think that's also quite negative stereotype. Um, you're you probably love money, and and mm-hmm. you would sell your sister for some money, <laughs> and uh, a lot of it has to do with money. Uh, so, um, and we're all we're all hooked up, and we help our out our friends and whatever. Ah, yeah, it's all true. Yeah, there's <laughs> all joking. of it. No, none of it is. That, that's a problem. It all comes from some kind of basic. Um, th- there's some truth there, right? Actually, mm-hmm. both these stereotypes that I mentioned of the East and the West of about Jews, they come from the same spot. They come from the same place. It's just like, um, it's just. I think this is the difference between Western and Eastern culture. So Western people, they're like, you know, this is the this is revolution world right like you, yeah you don't flaunt west people are used to revolutions right like if you're too rich and too and you know snooty about it then they will literally just put your head into it they'll put you into a guillotine and chop off your head right uh, i think that's that's a major a part times. of western right so maybe they won't chop off your head but i think the i mean in the end the west is every nation in the west has gone through revolutions and and i think lower elites like uh lower classes of people rising up and 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 just killing all the higher class people i think that's built into the veins so i think western people um on one hand they want to succeed they appreciate success but there's a complexity there that um Mm -hmm. people don't like successful people in a way um yeah I would say especially people that are born successful, like born into elite and uh, some kind of elite. Um, and yeah, so it's in, antagonizing a bit, like from this point of view. Yeah, yeah. From the and, working class people. Right, right. Exactly. They don't like in 
inequality. But if you go to a place like China, it's the exact opposite, right? If you're if you're rich, you're better than if you're richer than me, you're better than me, right? You're on top of me. You can tell me what to do. It's like I appreciate you. I look up to you because you're rich. I mean, of course, it's it's stronger if if you did it with your own two hands. But you know, I look up to you. Basically, I think that's I, I, everything I'm saying is super generalizing. Of course, there are Chinese that, that are kind of think differently, and there are Westerners that think differently. Of course, but um, I think this is the general theme when you're in East Asia. People look so up you are, to success. There, there's not this, there's not this revolutionary revolution type mentality, like off with their heads type mentality. <laughs> um, so I have to ask this thing: if 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 you see it uh, this way, so you kind of can you say that uh, in East Asia, uh, people that have higher reaches, reaches, uh, they have moral more moral stand. A bit like they can do more <laughs> no, get no, away no. with <laughs> i think it's no, the from opposite. their point of view like they, they oh. feel that's it's kind of a moral stand from someone who's rich if he's doing something he has some like uh, it's hard to articulate yeah i know stuff. what you mean i know what you're saying mm-hmm. you're saying like from his point of view um is he does he actually deserve more does the rich person yeah, actually exactly. deserve more does he deserve to have a better life does he deserve that other less rich people will be obedient to him and and his word will be a bit like a samurai because samurai and i'm going to different like culture at all but still kind of near i've read the shogun so i know all about it Uh (laughs) i'm joking (laughs) yeah it's really really interesting this cultural differences yeah it's it's super interesting look i have actually so many stories about this like examples i think about kind of what we were talking about um from my own life but um with like dealing with rich people and bosses and employees and how everyone interacts um but Mm -hmm. no time no time it's pretty late here too so i gotta go but um i gotta end the podcast but it's really good having you on and uh, I look forward to talking to you in general. You're pretty, you seem like a pretty cool person, right? You you, you mm. like to smoke some weed, right? Like when I come to Israel, we can smoke some. I can't do that in, here in Asia, by the way, but you know, I, I <laughs> no, will get my head chopped off, but I'll be, uh, I'll be no, not such a humble if I'll say that it feels like this point at the podcast when you ask me to smoke some weed, it's similar to someone else who smoked weed on a similar podcast, but I'll be humble not to reference that. So yeah, from time to time, you know. No, 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 chilling. no. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm not even smoking it on the podcast, but I think, look, I don't understand people's honestly. Uh, okay. I have to say one more thing. I'm so impulsive okay. and I have to end the podcast, but I was listening <laughs> to an audio book about Adam Newman, the WeWork guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and people are so mean to him. They're so mean to him. What did he do? Just because he smoked a lot of weed, they're so mean to him. And he walked around barefoot. They're like, this guy's a narcissist. This guy. If this guy would have been successful, you would have loved him. You would have been licking his feet. Now, now that he kind of tanked everyone, because <laughs> really it's kind of a stupid company, right? But I, uh, now, that he, now that he... But if he would have been successful, all these people that are now kind of like... But he was successful. Isn't he? he? He was successful and everyone adored him. And now he's not successful anymore. No, now he got pushed out of WeWork 
and uh we work was supposed to pay him a billion dollars and they mm-hmm. they completely you know they they cold shouldered him they he didn't get i think he got well like a they small, had small their percentage. reason because yeah, i've heard he invested in some company that was that that company was in direct uh competition, competition? so it kind of blew the contract away i guess but i'm not huh. i don't know the specific yeah i don't terms. i don't know either but i just the the things I hear people criticizing him about. It's yeah, just, it's not the weed and, and the barefoot. Let's let's judge by they, his actions. Yeah, yeah. It's the this is what I hear. I hear about the weed that he wanted to put some kind of weed dispenser like <laughs> inhaler thing, and they wanted to. Uh, so you know, I look. I think you were referring to Elon Musk, right? So Elon Musk is the cool guy who smokes weed. Adam Newman mm-hmm. is the bad guy who smokes weed. Um, yeah, I love the just, comparison. If yeah. you're successful, then everything is all right. Everything is okay. Everything is like great. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, so I think that's bullshit. Like I, honestly, you go whatever is culturally fine. I'm not like even a huge weed guy. I mean, it's it's fun with some friends. Um, I'm I'm not a lot of most of my friends in Israel. They're they're totally daily heavy daily <laughs> heavy daily users. Yeah, there's this thing. I don't get it. I'm not one of those because, uh, you know, the work is hard enough. I don't need any memory issues and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm mostly a, a, a beer guy. Like, a couple yeah, of me beers too. Will take me uh, us AI far. people, we have, to, we have to focus on the beer or else we're... The neocortex. Screwed. Yeah, we need this. <laughs> Although my memory isn't good to begin with. And people always think I'm high all the time, even when I smoke nothing. <laughs> so I don't know... I don't know what's wrong with my neocortex or whatever it is, but um, yeah. Then I, maybe you need to smoke more weed. That's the reason. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay, so <laughs> let, let, let's end this podcast on the note that I need to smoke more weed. I can't do it now because I'm in Taiwan. But um, Oh, it's illegal there? Yeah, East Asia. Er, everywhere in Asia, it's like in East Asia, it's really bad. Like, it's It's not just illegal. It's a big illegal. It's a big no-no. They will put you in jail for like 15 years okay and and i'm not i'm not that. like that what was that girl who got arrested by the russians uh, that no wow. no girl I, I don't want to be like her basically right and, yeah and uh no one wants and also no one's gonna come bail me out of prison let's be honest the prime minister of israel is not gonna come bail me out of prison the, the prime minister of israel he's gonna come he's gonna take one look at me he's like you can keep him then maybe that Trudeau, <laughs> maybe that Trudeau guy is gonna come. He's gonna take one look at me. He's gonna, you can, you guys can keep him. Nobody's gonna. Everyone's just gonna say, "Oh, the other guy should bail him out." The other guy. They the all other, argue who's gonna bail you. Yeah, they, they should have him. They should have him. He hasn't even been living in my country for a while, right? Like, why should I have anything to do with that? And uh, other countries then, will be like, "Well, he hasn't legally been living in our country either." Um, actually i'm let's arrest him some more (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's let's arrest him some more (laughs) hey when you're done with him after 15 years give him to us we'll throw him in jail as well yeah we want to arrest him too why not my mom's like nom nami could you like make health insurance already like no (laughs) that's not my that's not how i roll if i get sick i just want to just just kill me just god kill me <laughs> all right Serge. so it was really fun talking to you it's late i got i gotta go to sleep awesome right, let's do this great. again sometime yeah totally yeah. totally you're a fun guy to have on my podcast all right bye serge it was a pleasure bye-bye. bye bye